From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains Live. Okay, folks, billions and billions and billions of dollars in student loan debt forgiveness coming at you from the Biden administration. We've been hearing it all day, wall to wall, so we wanted to get the experts in the room. We wanted to clear it up, and we wanted to talk about just how much this is going to cost and what it means for the future going forward. We have our buddy EJ Antoni with us. He's going to break it all down. Let us know what you think of this interview. John Pop, let's roll it. Okay, the Biden administration. The Biden administration, EJ, has announced plans to pay off billions of dollars in student loans for college graduates. The administration will also extend a federal pause on student loan repayments, letting students avoid making even one payment one payment on their accruing new interests. Now, who's going to pay for it? Working class and middle Americans, some of, a lot of them probably didn't have the same luxury as the people their debt they're paying had to go to college. So talking about it here today, we are live in Washington, DC, where it's all happening right across the street and down the street. It's always happening here, EJ. Uh, my guest today, uh, this evening, is EJ Antoni. He's an incredible asset here at the Heritage Foundation. Has been tracking this as it happens. EJ, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. What I a wish, day. I wish it was un- under happier circumstances. It's like we always turn these cameras on, and it's always like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But that's why we get you here, so you can at least break it down for us to make it a little bit more manageable, break through a little bit of what's happening. And folks, I wanted to invite you into this as well. We are live on Getter, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We have such a great following, EJ, from all across the conservative movement. They join us live, and that's what we do. We take your questions, we read your comments, your reactions to what we say. We see all of them, and if you want to be a part of this conversation, do it. Type the questions in, type your comment in. If it's just a little anecdote, we'll we'll, we'll mention it here on the air, and maybe it'll make EJ laugh, or maybe it'll make him cry. I don't know what it is, but we need to break this down. So thank you folks for being a part of it. Again, get in there, type in the questions live. EJ, let's open this thing up. Let's, let's, um, let's get into it. Just explain how this student loan debt forgiveness is going to work. I've seen this going through the Department of Education. It's not going through Congress. I don't think they could get it through Congress. Um, and then I heard just, you know, that it's a 2003 law that sprung out of 9-11. What is going on here with this? Tell us a little bit about uh, what is being proposed and how it's going to be done. Sure. Well, as far as the constitutionality of this goes, it is completely unclear how the executive branch has any authority here to actually make this happen. And as you said, they're trying to basically manipulate a law from 2003. Gee, what was going on at that point? Well, that's right. We had a bunch of overseas contingencies operations, I think they're called, right, Right. following 9-11. And, you know, God bless all the men and women who served. Thank God for them. Mm. But basically, the law was put in place to try to help them so that their student loans, for example, would remain in good standing, whether they were deployed or not, whether they were overseas or here at home. It was designed to try to help them stay current on their payments, and also after they had paid enough of their student loans to forgive the rest. 
right? So this mm -hmm. was a very targeted measure for a very specific group of people. There was never any intention for this to apply to all student loan borrowers, right? There was never any intention for it to basically be manipulated 19 years later into this kind of half a trillion dollar monstrosity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I saw that and it just, I had to suspend reality a little bit to just kind of make it and twist it and make it work in my head and it still isn't working. But I want you to go through the mechanics of this just a little bit. Um, we, we see, we've, you know, we've seen, you know, news trickling in all day, but, but kind of put it all in a nutshell as to what is encompassed in this. It's 300 billion or something. How does that uh, add up? Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it, you know, it's, it's like the onion, right? Stinky layer after stinky layer. The more you, honestly, the more you get yeah. into this, the angrier every single American should be about it. You're talking about households making a quarter of a million dollars, hmm. right? Who can get 40 grand of their student loans discharged. Of course, discharged is just a fancy way of saying now it's on the backs of their fellow taxpayers, wow. right? These things don't just magically evaporate and go away. Hmm. So the other thing to remember is that who's actually getting this money? Yeah. People who went to college, people with degrees. More than half of, of this student loan debt is actually held by households who have graduate degrees, professional degrees, right? We're talking so doctors, doctors <laughs> lawyers, you know, people who have people who have PhDs, right? You know, sorry wow. not to brag, but I don't need any kind of student loan forgiveness yeah. because I went and got a degree that allowed me to make a higher income and I was responsible enough to pay back that money. But wow. how many people like me are now sitting here saying, "Well, gosh, I wish I wish I hadn't. Yeah. I wish I had been irresponsible. I wish I had taken out more. I wish I hadn't repaid my debt." Why? Because now I could get a good chunk of it discharged. We've we've got so many questions. Thanks, thank you for that. It's a great overview of this, um, and it sets the stakes too. Um, we're, we're, we you know we hear this is going to increase inflation. This is going to do a lot of stuff, and we're we're getting people already commenting all over the place right now. I want to just read a couple of them to you, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Stephen on Facebook. I worked for college and paid as I went. Can I get reimbursed? Not a dime. Yeah, yeah. So it's not one of those things where it's reward you know, those who have taken care of it, like you said. No, you're, you're fundamentally you're, unfair. It, it, it's a punishment for prudence and an incentive for insolvency. Let's talk about inflation that's, that's going to happen here. Tanner on Facebook, isn't the U.S. like $26 trillion? He said, isn't the U.S. like $26 trillion in debt? So this is kind of like a drop in the bucket. But as I was thinking about it, an additional $300 billion after how deep we are, this is a big, big deal. No, absolutely, especially... It's not just a drop in the bucket. Right. No, 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 because, you know what, at, at some point you have to say how many drops in the bucket, Yeah. right? At, at, at what point do you say, like, okay, now that's enough, like, that's one drop too many. Drops in the bucket are what got us here, mm -hmm. yeah. right? At what point do you say enough is enough? And, and, and that's right now. I mean, it was yesterday, frankly. It's not just right now. Yeah. But the other thing is on the inflation front, this absolutely is just fuel on the fire. I mean, yeah. people don't appreciate the fact that when you repay debt, you actually help decrease the money supply. And now, instead of that debt being repaid and putting that downward pressure on the money supply, which also puts downward pressure on prices, that entire mechanism has been completely undone. Wow. And now all of that money that would have gone to debt repayment again, decreasing the money supply, is now just going to be used for consumption. Wow. This is it. The expert, this is the expert analysis here, folks. 
We're getting them all, folks. We see them. Uh, Cynthia's on Facebook. This is so, I mean, this right here goes to the unfairness of this. Cynthia says, we did without material things so our kids would not have student debt. I mean, that, that, that is incredible. Uh, we've got Teresa on Facebook watching from Ohio. Uh, Roberta's on YouTube watching from Minnesota. Um, you know, PJ's on Facebook. Again, my neighbor worked for 20 years and saved money to send her kids to college. Responsible Americans are getting slapped in the face. People are feeling this thing, EJ. It really has come to a place of Washington, D.C. It seems to me it comes to a place of Washington, D.C. is, is kind of doing favors for people in Washington, D.C. I saw this. Um, canceling up to $20,000 in student loan debt for borrowers earning less than $125,000 annually. It just sounds like a lot of people working on Capitol Hill. It sounds like a lot of people working uh, in special interest groups here that have those law degrees and that are working for just that magic threshold of $120,000. But, but actually, even that, that uh, $20,000 uh, amount that people are talking about, right? Mm -hmm. That's actually not the max. The max is unlimited, and here's why. Huh. Once you get that $20,000 today, you may still have a balance left. And if you make those minimum payments for the next 20 years, after that, whatever's left is just forgiven. It's gone. Hmm. Poof. Again, gone and forgiven are all just euphemisms, meaning taxpayer funded, right? It all just gets hoisted onto the back of, of your fellow Americans. But, but to that broader point that this really is just a, this is the latest in a long line uh, of, of policies from this administration. It is just a, another point in the pattern of measures that are just transfers, wealth transfers from the working and middle class to the Democrat donor class. Right. I mean, who do you think gets the benefit from a tax credit for a seven-year, $80,000 electric vehicle? It's not the common man who can't even afford that vehicle anyway, right? right. Again, it's the rich wealthy. Yeah. The rich, the wealthy, the, the Democrat donor class. Yeah. I mean, who, who can afford a home right now? Not the common man. He's stuck renting for the rest of his life, probably. Yeah. Look at what the Fed has done uh, with, with inflation, with food prices. Mm. Uh, a really interesting phenomenon we're seeing right now. Sorry if this is a tangent, but... It's we're, okay. We're we are enthralled. I'm seeing you coming in here. Yes, go. We are, we are <laughs> seeing all of these foods like ground beef, eggs... Uh, cheaper cuts of chicken, things that are predominantly purchased hmm. by people with lower incomes. Yeah. And those prices, the prices for those types of foodstuffs are going up faster than things like filet mignon and other expensive cuts of steak. Hmm. Why? Because the middle class who previously used to be able to buy those things on occasion now can at all. And oh. so they are only buying, let's say, cheaper cuts of beef or ground, ground beef, right? Hmm. So now the demand for those things has gone up driving their price up even faster than the price of more expensive foods. And remember, when we talk about the middle class paying for this, we mean in the form of they might say, well, we're only going to raise money on wealthy people. Well, what they mean by wealthy people are corporations and business owners. And when the price of business goes up, so does the price that you pay at the store for it. So it is, in fact, a hike on the middle class. It is a big deal. And they try and play a lot of games here in DC for that. But but folks, I also wanted to say, we are live, EJ. We are taking your questions. Um, so please get them in wherever you're watching because the chances are we will get to them. I wanted to ask you, because as you mentioned with the 
with the EV situation. We saw that as soon as the electric vehicle tax credit was announced, the $7,500 tax credit was announced, somehow those vehicles that it applied to, the price went right up. Explain what this is going to do to the price of college. We already know it's high, but explain what this is gonna do to the price of college. No, it's, it's a great question. So actually, all the way back, and I think it was 87, yeah. uh, Bill Bennett, who might, I think he was the Secretary of Education at the time, yep. right, under Reagan, and he had pointed out, look, if we just keep throwing federal money at schools in the form of student aid, all these schools are gonna do in response is raise tuition. And that's exactly what has happened. And it's not as if that money somehow went to better education, to you know, to free textbooks for kids, or hiring more professors. No, it's gone to things like hiring administrators and putting in lazy rivers into wow. schools. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. Look up how many schools have lazy rivers. It's insane, <laughs> right? So instead of actually producing a, a better education, all all we've done by throwing more money. Is, is basically just glorify four years of alcoholism for many people who can't even graduate and end up dropping out and they now have a mountain of student debt. I mean, it's just the whole thing in regards to the federal government's uh, uh, approach to education has just been a disaster. Well, EJ, uh, we've got Randy is on Facebook. He's watching from Arkansas. He has a great question. It's a broad question. It's an impossible, seemingly impossible question. How do we stop this insanity? <laughs> you know, how do we stop this? And, and, and I think the answer is, is this is a unilateral decision from the Biden administration. It, it is. It absolutely is. There, and honestly, there's not even, uh, it doesn't even seem like there is universal support among the Democrats in Congress, which is probably why they're not even trying to do this through Congress, and it's funny, if you go back about a year ago, Nancy Pelosi herself is on camera this is saying, yes. saying, this is not something the president can just do. This is this requires us, Congress, to act, right? This is our responsibility to tackle this problem. And now she turns around and is applauding the Biden administration so today. So she is applauding. Yes, for, for Even unilaterally though she said, acting. Wow. That, I mean, and that speaks to the moment here. We've, we've heard it all day. Mm -hmm. Is this a political stunt? Is this something to curry favor with the base as the elections are coming up? I mean, that is a big deal. But at the same time, how consequential is this? I mean, this is a big deal for us. And folks, um, let's see here. We've got, um, we've got a, a technical question here. And I, and I wanted to get to this because you might actually have, have something to say about this. Is this, how, how does this happen? Is this based on a, a tax return income tax credit, or is this just a check in the mail? You know, we've all got checks in the mail from the government. A lot of us have during, uh, during the CARES Act, during COVID. Is that how this is going to work? Or is it going to be some complex tax scheme, tax scheme? No, so it, it, it looks like right now it probably won't even be a payment to the individuals. Okay. Instead, it will be to whichever uh, a financial institution is servicing the loans in question. Okay. So all that's basically going to happen is those servicers now, those banks basically, will no longer have the loan on their books. It will be on the Treasury's books. So it's not as if we're all just going to get a check and then we pay off our you know, $10,000 worth of the loans with that. It probably won't even really involve the individual. Yeah. Wow. They'll, have, they'll still have to make some kind of, uh, you know, they'll still have to apply or go through some process online. Mm. Um, but as far as how the money's transferred, that looks like what's going to happen now. EJ, uh, we are taking your questions live. This is the man. He knows what's going on. 
Uh, folks, I wanted to just give a shout out here because I was just given a note that we have an incredible amount of Heritage supporters that are watching right now from all around the country. They are, they are folks that, that believe in the mission of the Heritage Foundation. They are folks who support the Heritage Foundation. And as just a, 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 somebody who has worked here for a while, folks, we thank you so much for your, your incredible support over the years, your incredible uh, patriotism for being Heritage loyalists, Heritage supporters, and we appreciate it. Send us an email or, or, or leave us a comment. Give us where, a little bit of sense of where you're watching from if you are a Heritage supporter. And also, if you've got a question, please, please, please let us know it because we will likely get to it live. So thanks again, folks, for watching. Uh, EJ, we've got somebody on YouTube, and this is just incredible. You know, where are the constitutionalists? Where are they? Uh, right now, nowhere to be found, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I have to imagine, given how this seems to be such a gross violation of the Constitution, right, of Article One. I have to imagine that there will be plenty of institutions, maybe even states, right, attorneys general, yep. who are going to step up and are going to file lawsuits saying exactly that, that this is unconstitutional and it cannot stand and you cannot proceed. And as soon as those lawsuits are filed, presumably before the end of the year when this would all kick in, uh, I, would, I would certainly hope that whatever judge sees this would grant an injunction and not allow it to go forward because then then it's a complete disaster and and a complete mess of once this proceeds right imagine if we actually start forgiving some of these and then six months nine months twelve months later we have to turn around and reverse it all i mean where does and where does it end do we go to mortgages after this do we go I, and that's well, we, the we thing. kind of already did right that's we, true. we had we had <laughs> we had moratoriums on on mortgage payments on rent payments right we've had this moratorium on student loans for for over two years i mean just this entire thing is insane at what point did the federal government become endowed with the power to violate private contracts? Well, it seems like when, when President Biden said so. And Nick on Facebook, we share your frustration here. Nick said, we paid for our three children to go to college and sacrificed a lot personally. We did not want our children to graduate with student loans. I do not want to pay for other people's children's college education. We are senior citizens now and cannot afford to have our taxes go up along with food and gas prices. How many other Americans are thinking that way right now? Well, well if, if you just go by how many Americans actually have college degrees, I mean, that's, that's less than a third. Wow. Right? So now imagine even, but even within that third, right? So what's that, like 100, 100 million people, a little more than that? Even within that group, the bulk of them either didn't take out student loans or if they did, paid them back. I mean, you're ticking them off too. You, you have made such a tiny minority of people happy with today's decision. Yeah. Outside of a few very heavily indebted graduate students, again, who are very likely going to have high incomes, outside of them and a few Ivy League uh, you know, professors and other people who live in ivory towers, no one is happy about this. Yeah, speaks to the, the speaks volumes of where the mindset of DC and on these, the, you know, sort of on the, the elites you know, forgetting all about our friends in, you know, in Bell Fountain, Ohio, or, you know, you know, in, in, in you know, Lansing, Michigan, somewhere like that. I mean, it, it is really out of touch. And we've got a bunch of people from around the country that are watching us right now. Faye, she's watching from Salem, Virginia. Linda is watching from Kentucky. Nick uh, is watching from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Folks, thank you so much for being here. 
you are driving the content of this. We are, we, you know, we have a few questions here, but, but we rely on our very smart audience to, to get these things going. One thing that I wanted to focus on, so thank you again, folks, for, appreciate you watching. One thing that I, I, I was just thinking about when I, was watch, uh, when I was preparing for this, what are endowments like across the board a little bit? And I saw a little stat, and, and, and I don't know the exact numbers on this, but something along the top universities, we're only focused on the top universities here, something like $200 billion in endowments. Is there any conversation about you know, that's such high amount of money, you know, Harvard, Yale, you know, um, these, these, these institutions, are, you know, I assume we're going to be paying some of the loans that were applied to those schools' tuitions off of this. What do you think about the whole endowment situation here in this country? I mean, once again, it's another example of how we have transferred wealth from the, from the taxpayer, from the working and middle classes, to the elites, mm. whether those are elites with degrees or elites who run these institutions, these universities, right? Yeah. Because these students basically took out all this money mm. to pay all this tuition, which is now going into these endowments, already has, right? And now the taxpayers are going to pay the bill. Mm. So the taxpayer basically just wrote a check to Harvard, to Yale. And by the way, if you think that's an exaggeration, there were literally Ivy League professors today on Twitter applauding this decision saying that their students and their former students are going to be benefited by this. They're admitting it themselves. It's not as if like we're making some kind of accusation that they're not owning up to, Yeah. right? But, but just to, to try to put this in some kind of perspective, the amount of money that the government is going to have to spend yeah. to actually accomplish this, to, to accomplish all this forgiveness. I mean, it's more than twice the budget of the Department of Education. Yeah, it's like 188 billion I saw, something like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a drop in the bucket and yet we're gonna empower it that much more. I mean, that's going from, that's, that's the pedal to the metal, EJ. It's incredible. Let me, let me ask you this, I, and, and I, I wanna put this sort of in, in just a little bit more in context because it gets to the um, fairness versus unfair, not fair uh, perspective here. Uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about this thing of um, constitution, whether this is constitutional or not. Mm -hmm. um, whether this is constitutional or not is one question. And it doesn't seem like this, I mean, this could be, Nancy Pelosi didn't think it was constitutional. We'll see. But just because we can do this, should we do this? And that goes to the heart of how out of touch DC has become, I think, is, is that, okay, whether or not we can do this doesn't mean we should do this. This is a precedent we're setting to get into our heads that college is just free. It doesn't cost anything. Right, and, and again, who is actually benefiting from this? A yeah. bunch of people who frankly don't need it. Do you have a very small minority of people within the group of student loan borrowers? Do you have a very small group who can't afford to pay back their loans? Sure, absolutely, that's true. But maybe it was not a good idea hmm. to go to a hundred or $150,000 a year school and get a degree that ends in the word studies. I'm just saying, maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe you should have asked about the job prospects of your degree before you wasted four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars going after that. Got a good friend in Lima, Ohio who helps job placements happen. Uh, they've been fighting really hard to get people to, to be okay with the idea of, hey, look, go, you know, go become a welder, make $80,000 right out of high school, don't take on student loan debt. Well, what does this send? What kind of message does this send from Washington, D.C. 
to a town that needs people to consider that. It really does seem um, a, a, like a perverse outcome here. Uh, Misty's on YouTube. Misty, thanks for watching. She says, thank you, Heritage Foundation. You're a staple for American conservatives. Misty, thank you so much for that. EJ, give us a little bit of sense for what we need to look for here going forward. This is brand new today. We're just kind of grabbing all this information. What do we watch for? And most importantly, what do we push for going forward? Oh, goodness. Uh, what do we push for change? The question is in what direction? Um, the, the other thing I think we should emphasize, too, when it, when it comes to saying, okay, we need to change things, right? Uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, oh, in Alice in Wonderland, when, when, she, when she says to the Cheshire cat, right, like, wh which way should I go? And he says, well, depends on where do you want to go. And she says, it doesn't really matter. I just don't want to be here. Hmm. He says, well, then it doesn't really matter which way you go, right? right. So it, it's not enough to just say, okay, this is bad. Yeah. We need to go somewhere else. But yeah. where, like, right, where else? Um, personal responsibility, yeah. right? You took out this money, you have to pay it back. Yeah. Just like everyone else before you did, right? Again, you brought up like, where does this end? Mortgages, car loans, medical loans, right? I mean, credit, just at what point mm -hmm. does my credit become everyone else's problem? How about never? Right. How about I took out the loan and it's my responsibility? So we got to push for that culturally, politically. Now, I'm a monetary scientist, not a political scientist. So take this with a grain of salt. And you paid for it, by the way. That's right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Every yeah. penny, yeah. damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what I will say yeah. is that I don't think it's enough to just elect the right people. Yeah. I think you need to continue to exert enough political pressure on them that they continue to do the right thing even after elected. Because if, if you look, for example, at Republicans, right, under the Biden administration, Republicans have been complicit in over a trillion dollars of spending, hmm. right? That wow. was bipartisan waste. Now, granted, Democrats have had a tremendous amount of wasteful spending on their own accord, hmm. right? But we need to hold the Republicans' feet to the fire, too, for all of the profligate spending that's happened under their auspices. That's incredible. Well, EJ, I, I just I just want to thank you so much for coming in here and, and kind of, you know, drinking out of this fire hose that Washington, D.C. Has, has, has unleashed on us. And, you know, we, you, you mentioned you, you went to college and you went and got your Ph.D., and I'm sure that uh, graciously they gave you the vest after you, <laughs> after you, no, you I paid for this too. Oh, oh, you paid for that too. Well, it, it looks great. And I, and I'm, I'm so proud to say that it is the first vest that has ever made an appearance on the Heritage Explains live, uh, show that we do here. And, and man, I just wanted to thank you My for pleasure. coming in here and doing this. And folks, I wanted to thank you as well. We, we, we're trying this in the evening. Thank you so much for whether you're preparing dinner or whether you're on your ride home or whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. Keep it in mind as you, as, you, as you tune in tonight for the opinion shows and as you watch the media spin on it. We wanted to make sure that you're armed with the right policy uh, uh, perception, the right policy ideas as you take all this in. Thanks again for watching, folks. And uh, we'll catch you next time, EJ, on Heritage Explains Live. Thank you. Well, I'd say that conversation went pretty well. EJ, thank you so much for joining us and helping us understand a little bit more of what this 
swamp of a town is doing with our money and our future. Folks, let us know what you think of Heritage Explains. If you like these live things, send us an email, editor at heritage.org. You can leave us a comment. You can rate us five stars wherever you listen. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you for the next episode of Heritage Explains. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.